0: This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network.
1: The voices and opinions from this podcast do not represent the teams, organization, the host, or our special guests work for.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the furriest and fuzziest show on the web. This is Inside the Mask. As always, I am host, Joseph, the doctor of fuzzonomics. and my best friend is a kangaroo. And I have my co-host from sunny, shiny, Florida, and his best friend is a gorilla, the mascot dude, Charlie Bruno.
1: Hey guys, how you guys are doing? How are y'all doing? Sorry. Um, taught one Zumba class this morning, and I still have one more to teach. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode, because it's going to be a very good one, because uh, first off, our, our third co-host, Ryan, was not able to join us for this one. Um, we hope everything's going good with him, and we hope to have him again um, back very soon. But tonight, we do have a very special guest with us, all the way from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, we have the one and only Mr. Eric McMahon.
0: So,
2: hey, gotcha. Welcome i appreciate you guys having me
0: yes i'm very excited to have eric on this morning but before we get into that as always inside the mask is energized by our friends at raise energy you can get raise energy under their energy and focus pre-workout build muscle weight loss protein and food and recovery and hydration categories Rays in its energy drink really made an impression when it kicked off its monthly limited edition series, where it drops an entirely new and limited time flavor each month. That is something we've seen brands do in the pre-workout era, although not energy drinks. And not only has Raised been consistent, but this past month, it took things up a notch and dropped two limited flavors. The beverage brand also made sure each of those products isn't just any traditional taste. It's kept them fun, exciting, and interesting, with the likes of Rainbow, Mystery Flavor, and the all-out sour effort Sour. The other area Ray's main impact is with the spin-offs of his signature energy drink, including a pre-workout powder version of Ray's and the functional high-protein baking mixes and Ray's flapjacks and Ray's cakes. So, how can you guys get Ray's energy? Well, you're going to go to that link below in the website, and you're going to type in the code mascots. That is the code mascots, and you guys are going to get 15% off your order. So, get Ray's energy right to your door the official sponsor of Inside the Mask. So like Charlie was saying, today's host is coming to us, Come to us from Memphis, Tennessee, from the Memphis Grizzlies, Daddy Grizz, Eric McMahon. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: My man. I pre- appreciate you guys having me.
0: All right. Well, as want you get started, you tell us how you really got into mascoting and started your career.
2: All righty. Well, I mean, I, I'm just... Uh finishing up uh, my 16th year with the memphis grizzlies i originally started um, diving into the mascot world 20 years ago working for the phoenix suns i tried out for a trampoline dunk team in the phoenix suns Uh, the mascot there bob wolf the legend bob wolf the phoenix suns gorilla he was my boss and i just said damn you get paid to do this shit i want to do it too Right. So he just kind of started training me. I was kind of an understudy for him for a number of years. Um, Then I was going to be, I was being groomed to be his replacement. Lo and behold, a Memphis, uh, a uh, spot came up in Memphis. They reached the Memphis Grizzlies reached out, knew I was a guy. Uh, I knew I, I was Bob's guy. So it made me like, I guess more of a premier guy to look at. And then, uh, audition got the job in there for 16 years now. so originally started my foray into this doing trampoline dunking and never knew it would have brought me to
0: where, where I am now. Awesome. yeah, definitely working under a mascot legend can definitely uh, help you get there. Um, yeah. So you talked about you know being in Phoenix. Um, how was the auditioning like or how did you really get into Memphis or what made you want to take on the role of Grizz?
2: Well, I, I knew I wanted to be in the NBA. Like, I knew I wanted to mascot. And, and for me, my skill set, like the NBA is really the, the place it was for, for a guy like me. And um, especially because I started in the NBA, right? So I didn't really want to go to the NFL, MLB. I didn't want to go to baseball, any of these other things. And um, so I, I was just looking around. I mean, it, it, these spots are hard to get they just really, really are. And luckily a spot came open in Memphis. They gave me the audition and, um, you know, they flew me out to Memphis. I auditioned, I did a dunking part of it, I uh, had to perform a live skit. Then they brought me to, um, just a, like a rec center and just wanted to see how, what I'd be like impromptu at an appearance. Luckily, I guess I made a good enough of an impression because uh, two days later they gave me a call and said, you want the job? Three, uh, five days later, I packed up all my stuff and drove to Memphis, Tennessee.
0: All right, well, what are some of your favorite memories, whether it's like funny stories with fans or like encore stuff or maybe interactions with players? What are some of your favorite memories uh, with, uh, with Grizz?
2: Oh gosh, man! I mean, there, I have so many. Um, like I said, I'm so blessed to be in this position. I'm so blessed to be in a with a a team that has really put a lot behind the character. Like they they've made Grizz and and, and his alter ego Super Grizz, who's more of a fourth quarter character. It's a souped up version of Grizz. Um, they put so much behind it, and you know what? The 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 team has actually embraced him as like another member of the team. So I've gotten a lot of the access into the locker room, the training staff, you know, the weight room, the medical, like everything. Um, And then I've gotten to be close to a lot of guys. I mean, Mike Conley, Marcus Gasol, they were both like, uh, you know, gave me wedding presents, baby presents, you know, and uh, gone out to dinner with them. My wife was friends with Mike Conley's wife. And so like, I, I really just got adopted. I mean, I have, I do have like one, that sticks out in my head with a player interaction. This happened in costume. Like I said, I've gotten to just be one of the boys with them, which was kind of cool over the years. But I guess after so much time in the game, they really accept you. Um, but this was when Vince Carter played for the Memphis Grizzlies. And uh, Vince Carter, as I'm sure you guys are aware, is going to be first ballot Hall of Famer. One of the goats, right? One of them. And towards the twilight of his career, he was playing in Memphis – And something happened where there was a buzzer beater. He didn't hit the buzzer beater, but a Grizzlies hit the buzzer beater. Everybody starts celebrating, but then they have to go to the review, right? To see if he really got the shot clock, the shot off in time. And as we're all standing on the court waiting for the rest to look at the review, because it's either he got off on time and we won, or he didn't and we lost. So it's not like they were going to restart the game at all. So we're just all standing around on the court. The crowd's like just waiting to hear. I'm standing next to Vince Carter. And Vince has just got his arm around me, and we're just having this normal conversation, even though I'm inside of this mascot costume. He's like, "Hey, how's it going, man?" And I'm like, oh, "I'm doing great. How you doing?" He's like, "Good," you know. And he's like, and then over the PA, it's like, and the it's confirmed, basket is good, Grizzlies win, and he just like turns to me and like grabs me and picks me up and start we start like celebrating, <laughs> and our team photographer just happened to get a picture of it and emailed it to me the next day which then i sent it over to vince and i said hey man you, this is it's gonna be iconic like this has got to go in my man room and so he signed he signed the picture and there's me and vince carter like embracing on a game-winning shot it was just that just always sticks out to me is really really cool just because you know he's he's one of the top 75 players of all time like in latest rankings and, and everybody knows who vince carter is and it's just something something really cool to have on my my
0: trophy wall. That is amazing. I love memories like that. Um, You mentioned Super Grizz. Um, (laughs) Can you tell us a bit about the origin of Super Grizz and what it really means? So
2: the origin is just, I mean, who knows really, right? Some marketing guy came up with the origin of it. Like, I, I, I can't really dive into that, but what it means is the meaning of Super Grizz is like, Grizz is all fun and games. He's doing cool stuff, funny stuff, up until the fourth quarter. When the fourth quarter hits, it's game time. Like, there's no more pomp and circumstance. We don't do funny bits. We don't do just anything corny. And so Super Grizz comes out. And that's really the indicator for the crowd is like, all right, now we're about to get serious. We may have been having a blast up until this point, but from this point forward, the game's on the line. Super Grizz is going to bring you, bring you the rest of the way. So in Super Grizz is where I do a lot of my big stunts, all my dunks, um, anybody who's followed my career or, the, or or follows the character. What I'm kind of known for is kind of like my bigger stunts. I do a lot of wrestling types, bits, like I jump off of ladders through people and tables. I create storylines and Super Grizz does all that like high, crazy impact stuff, which I've kind of been... Known
0: for over the last I don't know ten years or so, it's kind of my shtick. Were you uh, you mentioned working with Bob, aka uh, Phoenix Gorilla? Uh, were there any other NBA mascots or just mascots in general that you've worked with or enjoyed working with?
2: Well, I mean, I've worked with all of them in one degree or another, right? I mean, we do all these birthday games. I know them; they're all my friends. I mean, I think there, there's some legends out there that I've really taken from. First and foremost, obviously Bob, Wolf, the Gorilla right? I worked hand in hand with him. He trained me. Um, and then I've taken his and I, I've kind of put my own spin on it and 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 take it, put my own amplitude on on the way I perform. But guys like Kevin Vanderklok, they'll bango the buck. I mean, I, I've taken so much from that. He's still one of my best friends to this day. We, me and my wife and my family, we go see him. They live in Nashville now. We go see him all the time. because Him and his wife and his family are just great people. But I mean, you want to talk about the most athletic mascot ever? That's Kevin Bandercolk. And so me and him would just stay on the phone thinking about the dumbest stuff that we could possibly do. And then we'd try and pull it off. And more likely than not, he would probably be able to pull it off because he was just a freak. Another guy is uh, Zoli Berencia. Zoli is a living legend and one of my great friends. And, you know, we still talk all the time. And, uh, you know, he always comments on my stuff and always called me like, you know, the big, the, the best stunt mascot ever. And, and, uh, but should be told, man, he's a crazy, and, and to get accolades from that guy, like, you know, you're doing something right. And, um, yeah, a lot of my stuff I've stolen from him too. Right. And so, you know, I, I, I say steal, but I've gotten inspiration is a better way to put it. Like I, that's a one difference about me than I think a lot of other, whether it be minor league mascots or pro mascots is, man, I try and be me. I can't be anybody but me. And I think that's where my success has come from. I might not have a level of success that other people think is successful. For me, I think it is just because I'm authentic to who I am, my personality. And if you're trying to fake anything, you're not going to be as good as you are raw and authentic to yourself. So, um, you know, and so when I take inspiration from other people, I look at it and say, I like what he did, but that's not the way Eric would do it. And the way Eric would do it then bec- manifests into the way Grizz was doing it, right? Because I'm the one performing it. So I'm not trying to fake anything or be anybody but me.
0: You know, on the other side of the coin, uh, we talked to uh, John Abzi, uh Utah Jazz Bear, and uh, he was telling us he had a little uh, run-in with uh, Kevin Durant uh, during his time as Jazz Bear. Did you have any interactions with players outside of memphis you know maybe a lebron james maybe a joel and b like negative
2: run-ins is that what you're talking
0: about it, it can be both positive or negative either one
2: um i mean yeah i mean little things here and there but i remember one time it was uh i was at center court waving the flag and i think it was the raptors i forgot who it was he came and tried to rip it out of my arms tried to rip it out of my hands and um you know we had a couple of words with each other right there at center court it was blatantly obvious to everybody you know and it was just a wild scene even my president of the team came up to me after the game he's like what was that and i'm like i mean you saw he just walked up out of everywhere and tried to rip it out of my arms and i would not let him um and that's i mean i think that's important i always i always take things and i create a lesson out of them, right so i think what what, what struck to me then is that like, when I, when I have the court, I have the court, you know, and, and if I'm in the confines of my timing and the game isn't going on and I'm taking that center court and you're going to have to physically remove me and, and I'm, it's not going to go easy. You know, I'm not getting crazy or anything, but a performer has to own their space. And that's one thing is like, you know what? He tried to, we were beating him at the time. He was cranky. He was probably grumpy. He just wanted to be a jerk. And I said, "It, it ain't happened. It ain't happened. Furthermore, I had great interaction with, you know, uh, who's a Brooke Lopez who all the mascots do these funny bits with. Right. And so to me, it never made sense. Like, why are you going to let an opposing team player punk you in your own arena? Like, and they take pride in that. Like it it blows my mind. Like, why are you going to let him beat you up in your own arena. Now, Brooke is involved in all this. Like he's game to do whatever. Right. So one game when we were playing him, I went up and I just said, Hey, what's up, man? My name's Eric. Um, you know, this is what I do. And I said, I want to, I want to work something out. He's like, great. And I go, but I, I'm not going to let you throw me down. I'm like, I just don't understand that. And he goes, neither do I. I don't know why they want me to do that. And I'm like, well, I want to do something to you. Like I I, I'm going to win in our building, like in front of our crowd. And he's like, absolutely. So we did this thing where we did this embrace during the layup line. Like we were going to make nice, like he's not a fan of mascot, So I come in peace, put my hand out. He thinks about it for a second. Then he puts his hand out. And then we have this like loving embrace. But as we do it, then I put a kick me sign on his back. Right. And it went viral. It was like the first time a mascot got over on him. And it was just me talking to him and say, hey, this was my idea. And he was game to do whatever.
0: Dang, I, I was wondering who was the one that finally got over on Robin Lopez. I was wondering who it was. I thought it was Harry in Atlanta. No, it, it was you. Okay, yeah. I, I, they I even made it. a
2: meme of it. Like you remember those where those like eight bit sunglasses would then come down and it would say like Thug Life. Yes, you remember those? They like so somebody yeah. made a meme about that. It's
1: pretty cool.
0: Oh, that's fantastic, Charlie. You got anything? I
1: do. Um. To say, um, we, we know how much um, the Grizzlies love you and how much they respect you, and with all of that. Um, the love for, for you with the team, the team with you. We're going to go into a, a portion of this podcast right now that, that should be very inspirational for everyone. Can we talk about 2007? Absolutely, man, it's part of my journey. So so in 2007 um Eric had to um step aside for some treatment and he had, and it was, it was some cancer treatment so can you um go into depth with that um because I know I've no I said it to you before we started recording I say to a lot of people um um when I heard it on Ken Solomon, between the fur podcast, I was like, this is so inspirational that how the entire community just came together to help you with everything. Yeah, so in um,
2: 2007, like I had been sick for like a year. Like it just, I I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me and make a long story short, numerous, numerous doctors over, over eight, nine months, finally get diagnosed with cancer. And um, since I was misdiagnosed for so long, um, the cancer had spread. They, they, they said I had cancer for probably well over a year before they found it. Um, I don't want to bog you too down into the details of my sickness, but it, it got really, really bad. I was sedated for um, nearly six weeks. I was in ICU for over two months. Um, basically I had to learn how to walk again just cause I went into such bad muscle atrophy, the whole nine yards. Um, and, uh, you know, the mascot community did something pretty miraculous. And this was actually headed up by a guy named Scott Hessington. If anybody knows who that is, um, he was Hooper for Detroit, but prior to that, he was stuff in Orlando. and me and him became pretty close and he organized for all the mascots to, because the, Grizz got put on medical leave, or Eric did, and the Grizzlies said, well, if Eric's not performing, we're not having Grizz. They took my story public, and um, so Scott was able to get a, a, all the other NBA mascots and some N- NFL mascots, too, for that matter, to have a rotation of every game Memphis would have a mascot, but from another team rep in in place of me. So it was just super, super cool. I mean, my journey was hard. It was, um, you know, they gave me a 30% chance to live through the weekend at one point, believe it or not. And uh, uh, because I got some really bad infections while going through it. And like I said, uh, you know, almost died, had to, I was sedated for six weeks in the hospital and uh, ICU for two months. And, you know, luckily um, I was able to get through it and, you know, got back into shape and now I'm off and running again, man. And I've been, I've been cancer-free for what, 11 or 12 years now.
1: Wow. Congratulations on that
0: one. So. I appreciate it. Um, you recently opened up a uh, fitness studio. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit more about that and your process of like fitness and workouts, things like that.
2: Yeah. So uh you know, it's kind of funny like this all ties into my can- cancer to
1: a, to a weird degree
2: um when i had cancer then uh everybody was saying like oh to get through this you're so mentally tough you're this that and the other and i was like oh am i really like i had to it's not like it was my choice i look back now and say yeah i was because i had i had to fight a lot of people can give up and i didn't um but it really bothered me I'm, i think a weird way I'm, I'm a different type of thinker and i and i'm i I had to prove it to myself that I was mentally tough. So I said, what are some options, you know? And I'm like, I can run a marathon. I'm like, I got no ambition to do that. I had dabbled in contact in combat sports prior to that. And I said, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to learn jujitsu. I learn kickboxing and I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to do an MMA fight, which I did, you know, and I, I trained for a long time and, I did, uh, you know, and I got really heavily involved in mixed martial arts. I started MMA fighting and um, got, did some boxing matches as well. And, and, and it was really because the journey to actually get into the cage, it's not just you show up and fight. I mean, you have to train, you have to diet, you have to be the mental anguish you go through every night. Just thinking about like getting into a cage in front of thousands of people, you know, fighting another guy whose only ambition is to literally knock your head off your shoulders. Um, and mine the same way there. So uh, I ended up doing MMA fighting for a few years and loved every, every second of it. Um, and then I realized like you can make that a, you know, a lot of people want that workout without the physical, the physicality of it. So I ended up opening up a fitness kickboxing place with a, a business partner of mine, ended up opening more and more and more and more and more. And we opened up and ended up getting up to 17 Ken Solomon. Um, I'm partners with him out in Denver. He has, um, you know, So I have a lot of gyms all over the place now and, and it's all based through kickboxing as a, as a workout. And that stemmed originally from my cancer, which then led me into training into combat sports, which led me into fighting, which led me to bring it around to a, to a business. And, you know, we've been in the, I've been doing that for 10 years as well. That's why mascotting in my opinion is great. Like it's a full-time job for me, it's a career, but I, I can focus on other things as well. I can show my entrepreneurial side as well
0: yeah
1: say, um i go ahead try say with that um we are talking about the fitness and all that it goes into um being prepared for the seasons off seasons eating same shape uh, we put a, a a thing on instagram asking what should we talk about and someone said nutrition and and fitness mm-hmm. Can you maybe um describe to us because everyone has their own rituals. Like like what would be like a game day um type of way, uh, meal prep for um, Eric.
2: So I'm gonna preference all this with saying as I do as I say, not as I do, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> because I don't eat the cleanest, right? And I'll tell you why. It's just cause I'm not disciplined enough that way. But what I what I do is I work out religiously and in my head it's like they afford i know what i know where my my pluses and my minus are my nutrition is is one of my minuses i don't like i mean i i don't i don't eat bad but i'm not on some regimented plan so but i do work out a lot i you probably should see me wearing a shirt um jiu-jitsu i still compete in jiu-jitsu all the time and i don't care i train it every day game days i don't care like it's part of my life like fitness is a part of my life so I'm up at 445 every morning. I'm going in training jujitsu. I have a group of guys that I train that we train every single morning and a uh, game days. I don't care. It's part of my lifestyle. And that all makes me, um, it puts me in the best position, especially for the, my mascot and career it keeps me in shape. Um, it, it's crazy to me how some people just aren't in shape to do this job. And, you always, if you're, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. I'm in better shape now at 42 than I was when I was 25. It's just, and that's because I continually work at my fitness. I'm working at my craft and the two go hand in hand. So for my fitness routine, I find something that's fun for me to do because that's the only thing that keeps you coming back. A lot of times, why, why do people give up on fitness routines? Cause they just dread going to the gym. Like right? I love doing jujitsu. I compete in jujitsu. I'm a Brown belt in jujitsu. I compete all over the country. Um, and so I train it all the time and that just helps me stay in great shape because where my, where, you know, where I provide for my family is in my mascoting career. And I can't do what I need to do if I'm not in peak performance. And I think at 42 I'm going still going strong because I've put so much emphasis into that. You look at Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, LeBron James like the greatest of all times. Like they don't slack when it comes to those things. Those guys are in the weight room after games. Like not, you know, they don't care. Kobe Bryant's in the was it was in the gym at 4:30 in the morning. Like you know what? He, he knew the focus that that had to take. And so um, I, I guess just I could clean up my diet, um, but I'm always watching it because I'm always competing in jiu-jitsu tournaments and I have to make a certain weight. So I stay pretty good and disciplined there, but I, I need to make sure to get my gym in because one, it makes me feel better physically as well. Like after a game or whatever, I'm sore. If I know I go work out, I'm going to work that soreness out. And if people that don't, then that just starts compounding and compounding and they get unhealthier and unhealthier and you have, may have a short career at that point. So I make no distinction whether it's a game day, not a game day, off season, in season. Guess what, man? I'm full throttle regardless.
0: I think fitness is definitely important. I think we all need one of those uh, Charlie Bruno Zumba classes. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: If not, a, um, definitely one of the um, kickboxing classes at home. Um, if I'm saying it correctly. Um, total um, fitness kickboxing. You said that correctly. So, uh, yes, total fitness
0: kickboxing. So, um, you know, you talked about returning. Uh, you know, eventually, you know, having cancer, having that sort of journey. Um, I can imagine returning to Memphis. You know, after all that, was probably definitely emotional. Can you walk us through that day and then that night?
2: Man, that was a that was a long time coming, right? It was. Th- You got to also think I was very early in my career when this happened. So, you know, as I'm sure, you know, I don't know, maybe you guys are looking to get into those pro ranks one of these days, right? I had tried so long and hard to get there. I finally get there. I'd been there two years. Bam. I get cancer, man. I was crushed. I wasn't crushed necessarily because I thought I was going to die. Like I was crushed because I thought my, 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 my career, my dream was over. Um, Luckily the Grizzlies stuck behind me and and then that just gave me the, the the motivation to fight as hard as I could to get back to on that court. And, you know, I was gone for an entire season, um, came back, it was opening night and the Grizzlies b- built this whole campaign um, around it about Grizz returning. And I had, uh, you know, roughly 20 friends and family that flew in from all over the country. They had, they, they all had courtside seats for it. Um, and Man, it was, it was, it was, it was a powerful, magical moment. Um, I came, my return was at a court at the first quarter break and I came rappelling out of the ceiling to journey's don't stop believing while by being embraced by a bunch of, uh, cancer survivors on the court. So I came rappelling down to this awesome song. Don't stop believing. Um, while the crowds on their feet, um, it was a very emotional moment. And then once I get to the, to the court, I'm there with a hundred different cancer survivors from here in Memphis, met me on the court. And it was just a big, powerful moment. My family and my friends were all there. Um, and uh, man, it was like a culmination of this journey that I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm, ba- I'm back now. I'm back to normal. I might not be back physically where I want to be, but I know that portion of my life is behind me and um, I'm a better person for it
0: man um absolutely powerful you know i think um something a lot of people don't really take consideration or really think about is uh really behind the mask are real people uh fathers husbands um many kinds of people and you know we uh we do this sort of what you could say as an escape and also this is our this is our livelihood you know this is our career i really do and just the the troubles and stresses of everyday life uh hit us and then when we put on that mask and we get on that court or that field and we just hear we just get that adrenaline rush and we hear the roar of that crowd there is nothing like it and i can easily say in my time you know meeting mascots and i I met several amazing guys this has definitely been one of the best uh, that I've met. Definitely one of the most powerful. And um, you know, once again, Eric, I, I do thank you uh, for coming on today. Super Grizz, Super Eric. Um, <laughs> if you could, if you could give a real perspective of, and pretty much give like a message to fans of yours and fans of Grizz and Memphis Grizzlies fans, um, and just to the mascot community itself. Uh, what is the biggest takeaway for you or what is your biggest message to them?
2: Well, I mean that, that you can hit a lot of people on different fronts in that regard. I mean, for the Memphis fans and the Memphis community, I mean, I have utter love and, and I'm just so grateful. I mean, the, the Grizzlies themselves, they stuck behind me. They put my message out, um, you know, which inspired me and, and I, and you know, what I'm told is inspired others. And so I, I feel a great sense of pride in that, um, so I'm internally grateful for them for that. Uh, the, 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 the community here embraced, embraced me. I mean, they prayed for me. And, you know, uh, you'll never hear me. You'll never see me go anywhere else, man. Memphis is my home. And um, I'm not from here, but it's my home now because the people accepted me when I was going through the toughest battles of my life. So I think the city of Memphis. The mascot community, man, like this is a powerful group you know, it's, it's like one of those hidden subcultures. It's a really weird, it's a really weird thing, but you know, you're, you're bonded. And then once something happens to one of your brothers, um, you know, you, you take it upon yourself to lift those people up. And so the mascots, mascot community was huge for me. A lot of guys checking in on my health, um, coming in, doing games for me, uh, you know, and simply just calling, man. So I love all the guys, man. You'll never hear me see crosswords about any of them. Um, you know, and for any of those younger guys up and coming, this is this is a great community. You know, work your ass off to, to get into it. Hone your craft. Uh, don't try and be like anybody else. Be who you are because you're going to be authentic. And authentic is always going to play better than copying. I'm never going to be as good as a dancer as Harry the Hawk. I'm not going to try. Right. But I'm telling you, ain't nobody going to be better than me at the stuff I do. Right. So, um, you know, a lot of people try, but they can't. I tried to dance. I can't right? I just can't do it. Like, I don't do that. So be true to yourself. Um, you know, how you want to do things, fight for what is right, do a good job and man, just you know, kick ass. Uh,
0: I, I love it, man. I love it. Uh, Charlie, you got anything else, man?
1: I'm just thinking of, of everything like, um, well, oh, I have one. What would you say is one of your favorite skits you've done? I know if you've done plenty of them that went firewall or like of course yeah. you talked about your return that was just that's a whole nother level so, so I like a-
2: to operate in a different way right like I said like I operate like I'm not going out there for those cheap pops like that's just not me it's not my personality it's not what I want to do I'm a huge fan of pro wrestling and I'll tell you why I think every re- every mascot should study professional wrestling they are geniuses telling stories non-verbally um so i do a lot of that um and i've incorporated a lot of wrestling skits like i love high impact stuff it's the way legends are created you go on youtube right now you'll see all these crazy these crazy stunts that literally don't take skill it takes a huge set of balls to do and i'm willing to do those for those big moments that's what i live for um so like some of my favorite one are these high impact uh diving off of Ladders through guys on tables like it's just it's just awesome and so um but then on the flip side of that coin like i said i don't like doing skits for cheap pops i like doing a skit that may not be it may not bring the house down at the moment but when they're driving home they'll be like "Ha, ah, that shit was funny because a lot of times it takes you thinking about it again for you to really get it and i love playing um story games like that and mind games with my skits um so i like to operate a different way that way and so uh yeah some I mean, of those are those kind of like some skits that i really like and of course i like the high impact stuff man like if any if anybody knows anything about grizz or super grizz they know he's going to be doing some pretty stupid stuff
1: so uh i think you had tell him earlier um uh, i know joseph has his um uh, camel off but he had the a.j style shirt <laughs> um, so so we are um definitely all wrestling fans ourselves yep. so with everything yeah that man,
2: you- wrestling is like we all need to study it you know people work on dancing they work on being a magician they work on like all these other things but to me man like i want to be able to communicate like less is more a lot of times like triple h to me is the best right and Super Grizz is modeled after Triple H a lot and because it's like the subtle movements. He doesn't run from one spot to the other. It's this little, little moment. You look your head left and you look your head right and you look like right at the camera and you know that just means a li- it's a little more serious. You know what I mean? So um, another, anybody young up and comer or even old vets that are looking to, you know, revitalize themselves, watch pro wrestling, study them. That's what I've done.
0: And AJ Styles.
2: Me like amazing yeah. he's one of my favorite performers man like and he may have the best like intro music of all time
1: so you're saying <laughs> um as inspirations i can talk about wrestling all day but this yeah. is about mascots
2: hey mascots i do have a wrestling podcast. podcast i do have a wrestling podcast drop it drops every weekly it's called uh grind city wrestling um i have a uh co host name is Dustin Starr. He's a pro wrestler. He used to be on a contract at WWE at one point. Um, me, and do, me and him do a weekly podcast. You guys should check it out. It's pretty awesome called Grind City Wrestling. We've had some high low, high name people. I've had Nick on. I've had um, you know Cody Rhodes. I've had uh, gosh, I mean, we've had tons of WWE Hall of Famers on. So check it out. Well,
0: like said, great plug! Great plug! That um, well, is a good plug. What is um, you know what is it really like? um, you know, as Grizz to really, uh, perform, uh, for your kids and for your family?
2: You know, like, I, 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 we're a house full of performers, right? My wife was a Grizz girl. My wife was a dancer. That's how I originally met her. Right. So, um, you know, my, my daughter, Kyle, she's only eight months, eight and a half, nine months old now. So, um, you know, she doesn't really get it and neither does my son. He's three, he's barely three. But he has all the mascot dolls in his room. And uh, it's one of those things. I'm, I'm growing them in this. But he, most kids that age they are terrified. And you guys can attest to this. The little kids are mm-hmm. terrified. My son is not scared of the Easter Bunny. He is not scared of anything because he's grown up with this. And uh, he calls me Daddy Grizz. And um, he, he thinks going to a basketball game is all the stuff that happens before the game. Because he's not old enough. He's got to go to bed. So my wife will bring him down for all the pregame festivities, you know, like the DJ playing outside. And uh, I'll bring him down to the court and let him play around a little bit. But then once the game starts, they're gone. So he thinks that's the basketball game. But what he always loves to do is come into my locker room and he, he sees, you know, Grizz. And uh, he call, he calls me Daddy Grizz. So my wife will take him to appearances that I'm at. and He, he loves it. He loves everything about it. Man,
0: absolutely amazing story. Absolutely amazing life and career. Um, what's next? If, if there is anything next uh, for Eric or Grizz?
2: You know, for Eric, man, I just hope to be a great husband
0: and a great father and
2: provide for my family. That's, that's all I live for. Um, I never thought I'd be a family man like I am, and I love everything about it. What's next for Grizz, though? And Eric, I guess if you put two in the same is I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. This is the way I feed my family. I love doing this. It's the best job in the world. I'm convinced. And uh, I'm just always looking to push the envelope. That's all I'm looking to do. What, what am I going to do next that's bigger and better? And I think if you keep that mentality, you're always going to be going forward and not backwards.
0: After today, if there's any guy I want, if there's any mascot right now that I want to see hold up a championship with their team, it's Gris. Because, man after everything that you've gone through man after all the adversity and really entertaining crowds for years and earning the respect of many i i can i can fairly say i cannot wait to see you in the in the grizzlies hold of the championship uh you de- you deserve it man
2: that, that's super cool guys to say i i appreciate you guys having me on man uh i listened to your uh, robert boat interview uh episode uh I'm, I'm gonna go check out some more in your guys' archives and Man, I think you guys are having me on. This is cool. I could talk, talk this shop all day long. And now you guys are going to be homeboys of mine because I know you're pro wrestling fans too. We could nerd out
0: to that at some point. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, absolutely. And,
0: and trust me, uh, a kangaroo is your best friend. Trust me. I promise you. Uh, but yeah, thank you, uh, Eric, so much for coming on. And uh, thank you, everyone, uh, for listening to this episode of Inside the Mask. Now, you can catch us on multiple streaming services uh anchor radio stitcher radio amazon music apple Podcasts, spotify and youtube uh and with more to come in the future if you are listening on spotify make sure you hit that green follow button for to get this podcast in your notifications first and if you are listening on youtube there's a few things you got to do first make sure you hit the red subscribe button what are you waiting for if you like this episode like this episode make sure you give us a subscribe uh, make sure you hit the like button. It does help in the YouTube algorithm. Make sure you hit the bell for all notifications and to be the first to get this furry fuzzy show in your subscription box. And also make sure you comment below your thoughts and opinions, what you want to see next, who you want to see, what kind of topics you want to hear, and just give us your overall thoughts on the episode and in the podcast. Uh thank you. So thank you guys so much for joining us. And of course, a big thank you to Raise Energy for energizing inside the mask. And once again, a big thank you to Eric McMahon of the Memphis Grizzlies for joining us and make sure you check out game. Let's we'll see. Is the down three? one. So game five, game five of the NBA playoffs between the Grizzlies and the Warriors going back to Memphis as the Grizzlies are down three, one. Um, so let's see if they can make a comeback. But thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll plug our social media. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Yeah, thank you guys. Guys.